Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. John 19, um, I'm going to read, if you will so allow, I want to read 28 through 37. John 19, 28 through 37. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. If you remember from last week, I preached this tie back to the scripture. You know, he's a, he's a, he is a God of his word. That's why I believe as Christians, he expects us to be men and women of our word. When we say something, he expects us to follow through to the very best of our ability. He is our prime example. That the scripture might be fulfilled, he saith, I thirst. Now, there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and they put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Most in here might be aware, but I want to pause to make sure we're very clear Jesus's life was given, not taken. It's very critical. Some would say, well, he was killed on the cross. No, he went to the cross, but he yielded himself and he gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross, the Sabbath day for the Sabbath day was in high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and they break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. Everyone say blood and water. And he saw, he saw it, bear record and his record is true. And he knoweth that saith true that, that ye might believe for these things were done. Here we are again, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. There's references here to the book of Exodus 12 and Zechariah. I want to preach um, just on this thought. I can't, I can't get away from this uh, for today. And I believe the Lord wants to help somebody in this house. I want to tell you that where we're at and what we've got a hold of 
and what we know to be true from this scripture and about this lamb of God that we've been celebrating, that there are no upgrades available. Okay. Jesus Christ is as good as it gets. He is. This plan of salvation. This presence of God. This joy, this peace, this hope. You don't need a new answer. You just need a new touch from God. Would you lift your hands and would you, would you call on the name of the Lord? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what we feel. I feel your presence in this house. I pray that you would minister in a mighty and a powerful way. Help us to be aware of you. Help us to give our very best to you in our response to your word, but in our response to you. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ and let everyone say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I think it's fair that we acknowledge we live in a world of upgrades. We do. And some upgrades are not just good, they're necessary. We, we do need upgrades. Not all upgrades are needed. I'm not sure that when you pull through the fast food And some little broken voice teenager trying to get through puberty asks you on the other side of that all-impressive microphone, would you like to upsize that? It'll only be 39 cents and five years of your life. But it's an upgrade. You ever seen somebody with one of these drinks? You know, the, stu the, the stomach, the human stomach, there's not capacity. Some of you that go to the coffee shop and you get the biggest one. And if you read the languages, it's not anyway. You order a venti and a venti anyway. Your stomach can't. Contain that. I don't know why I can't stay out of the restroom. We know. We know why. That's too much iced coffee. I don't know that all upgrade. I can tell some of you don't like that. So I'm going to move. I'm going to keep. I'm in your business. I'm meddling. I'm, I'm there. How about, how about washing machines? Is anybody glad? I, 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 I'm. <laughs> I feel, I, I can tell some men are in the room are like, I don't know. I've never noticed a difference either way. <laughs> Wasn't sure. Come on. Oh, maybe that's funny. Maybe that's not. I don't know. Some of our, uh, some of our washing machines have needed a little upgrade. Anybody in the room glad that you're not having to use the left right there? That's a good upgrade. I don't care who you are or what you say. That's a, that's a good upgrade. Show, show that next slide. Let's, 
Let's look here at the next picture. Yeah, thank God. I don't know. I got to be honest. I mean, I think maybe it tastes a little better. I wasn't around. The bottle's not glass anymore. I'm not sure any of our anti-plastic people wouldn't like that, but might taste a little fresher. But I still, I, I tell you, it still tastes like you better not put too much in. How about this next one here? I, I thank God for this upgrade. I'm going to tell you, though, the one on the left would save me a lot of counseling. <laughs> that was one of those nervous laughs. <laughs>, <It was> like, <laughs>, <laughs> we get an upgrade all the time. This next one, I'm not, I'm not sure about. I don't know if everybody would consider this an upgrade. Some people would. Some people. I feel I knew there'd be some nostalgia in the room. I promise you, though, the one on the right will go places the one on the left won't. And that's been a part of that upgrade. But if you ask me which one I'd rather have, that's kind of a, I think I'd rather have the one on the left right now. But yeah, I feel the old souls in the room. Yeah, yeah. How about on this, how about on that phone picture? Uh, anybody ever been trying to use your camera and it won't work? Anybody ever been trying to use an app and it won't let you? Makes you update makes you upgrade, you got forced into this upgrade situation. We upgrade all kinds of things. Those of you in here that travel at any level like I do, you know what it's like to show up maybe to a hotel and they've upgraded your room, that's a good feeling. If you've ever been upgraded on a flight, that's a good feeling. If you've ever been downgraded on a flight, it's not as good of a feeling. But we live in a world of upgrades. And in fact, I would say that it is so much become a part of our culture. We are constantly looking for the next best thing. We find ourselves and the people that we are reaching for, the families that we are working for, if we're not careful, we become so entertainment driven that we're always looking for the next best thing to make it easier, to make it more convenient. Do you recognize with me that with the introduction of some of the things we've shown right here, the start and the inception of some of these mechanisms and tools, are, they, were, they were built and they were sold that it will make life more convenient. It will give time back to the American people. It will bless individuals. They will be able to slow down, calm down, and relax. Has anyone found that your phone upgrade has helped you to calm down? Has anyone found that your computer software update now expects your boss to have you only show up 30 hours a week? None of these upgrades are saving us time. If anything, they have probably put us at a more frantic pace than ever before. I will tell you that in the evolving of time and in the uh, timeline of our eternity and that of humankind, there has been this ever-increasing pursuit of the next upgrade, the next great thing. And I want to tell you, I'm all for most of them. I'm, I'm all for doing things better and more efficiently, having the most effective things that we can. If there's a light bulb that will save us money, I'm into it. Look around. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of utilities in this. 
They said, Brother Turner, I'll never forget. I was just arriving on the, on the scene and, and, and Brother Wayne Turner came to me and said, we've got these LED. Remember when you were telling me about these LEDs that could go through and replace? He said, the efficiency is unbelievable. What it'll save us in utilities. And then he said, my favorite words. He said, and we're going to do all the work. I said, Brother Turner, I love you. You and me, we are knit together. We wanted that because of the efficiency, and so we're thankful for those upgrades. And not to go too far ahead, but I want to make, I want to be so clear. I want to really make the devil mad from the beginning here, okay? So I'm going to be over simplistic and clear from the very beginning before I start to tie some of this scripture together. When it comes to the kingdom of God, there is no upgrade. There is no upgrade to Jesus Christ. Now our methods might look a little different. We might go through seasons where some of, how many know some of our songs change? We're not even going to ask if you think that's an upgrade. We're not going there today. That's not a dangerous game we're playing. Amen. We have songs that change. We have styles that change. How many of you are glad that your clothes have upgraded? If you're not sure, go back and look at some of those old pictures where you look at yourself and you wonder, what was I thinking. Some of you used to wear ties that were so wide they could have been sailboat sails. You, you, uh-huh. Some of you used to wear so much polyester you couldn't get, well, anyway, the things upgrade. But I'm going to tell you one thing, whether you were in 1960 or in 2023, when you feel the presence of God, when you feel the presence of God, there is nothing that can top that. There is nothing that needs upgraded about that. Somebody just say amen if you believe it. Upgrades are from the beginning of this Bible. If you would so allow me, I would start even in the genesis of things. In the beginning, there is this, there is this creation process that takes place. We are not a weak Christian church that believes we can also spout the false doctrine of evolutionary thinking. And you need to be aware as a believer that that mentality is creeping into churches. We can just accept it all. We can't accept it all. There, there is the need to understand that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. How many believe that still? The Spirit of God moved upon the face. Yes, yes, yes. He began to speak things into existence and he begins this creation process and he separates water from the dry land and he begins in this formation. There's trees and herb yielding seed after its own kind and there's in this creation, he gets to this place where he creates man, man known as Adam. Adam is created. And in case you haven't thought about it, there was an original upgrade when Adam looks around and there's giraffes and monkeys and donkeys, but there is no Eve in Genesis 2. And 21 says that he caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. And all of a sudden, Adam wakes up. That's where that was created, right there. He woke up. The first miracle was that that man got deep sleep. The second miracle was that he woke up from a deep sleep to Eve. 
That's a good night's sleep. That was the original upgrade. Looking around and seeing all of these things. I'm, listen, I've got to do this because I'm pastoring in a weird generation. We got to honor our women. We got to honor the women that God has given us. I'm going to park here for a minute because I feel like it. We got Mother's Day coming down the, 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 around the bend anyway. Men of God, we've got to be enamored with the women that God has given us. We've got to be thankful. Men, if you're not clapping now, I'm going to give you a lesson. In, you, be real wise for you to go, that's right. Even if you're not a clapper, it's a good moment for you to clap. And I'm going to tell you this. Thank God there are women who want to be godly in such an ungodly hour. We think it's beautiful. We think it's right. We think it's holy. We think it's biblical. We th and it's something to be applauded. It's something to be honored. Yeah. So in Genesis, there were God-designed women. And I'm going to tell you right now, in 2023, there are God-designed women. And God is not done designing, shaping, and blessing women. And that's not at the degrading or the replacement of the man. It was in benefit too. Thank God that it didn't stop with Adam. We smell worse. We're frustrated easier. Not sure how far I want to take this. I'm just going to tell you, we are not the better looking gender. Thank God. Thank God for their emotions. Thank God for their giftings. Thank God for even the stuff that we don't sometimes thank God for. They balance us out. Eve's going to get you in some pickles, yeah. You'll get yourself in a mess. But the truth is, the only reason Adam got in a mess is because he wouldn't be the man. It's the truth. Like it or not. That's why men, we got to be the priests of our homes. We do. But Adam, Adam got the original upgrade in Eve. Looks around. We, we, we trail this. We, we walk this through from Genesis all the way into the book of Exodus. We've, we've been dealing with this in, in Passover and, and looking at where this season we've just come through. That original Passover lamb. Just imagine being a family with no lamb. Imagine the upgrade of a lamb. The opportunity. It was at our Mid-America Revival Conference last year, I believe it was, when Brother Jones was here and he preached from that very text and he talked about if the lamb be too much. The Bible says if the lamb be too much that you can share with your neighbor in the consuming of the lamb. But nowhere in the scripture does it ever say that the lamb could be too little for the household. And it was built on that concept, that message so intricately woven and detailed that the lamb was always enough and the lamb of the Old Testament was enough. And if the lamb of the Old Testament was enough, I assure you the lamb of the New Testament. 
But it was this process of, of looking and selecting and grading and being intentional about the sacrificing of the lamb. And the, the sacrificing of the lamb tied to that particular Passover was in the time of the plagues. And you know it well because the Lord was delivering through the leadership of Moses and his sidekick Aaron. There was going to be a deliverance. They were taking the people out of bondage. And Pharaoh, his heart continued to be hardened and there came time for the death angel to pass over and there was intentional instruction that they were to place the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts and upon the lintel. They, they were to take that blood and they were to dip it and they were to place it upon that doorpost and upon that, that overarching lintel so that, so that when the death angel would show up at midnight, if the blood had been applied, there would be a passing over of that death angel and, and it would move beyond their house. And there was a great whale in Egypt that night where the sons had died and Egyptians had woken up. And while we're thankful for their exodus, I will tell you it must have been a gruesome sound. The wailing that came throughout those Egyptian homes and mothers who had been born into this Egyptian lifestyle and fathers who had been born into this Egyptian lifestyle were subject unto this because they did not know about the blood of the lamb and they had never been preached to about the power of the blood and they had never been taught about the application of the blood and I would tell you that while we are blessed to be a part of the church it gives me no great delight to think that there are people who have never heard about the preaching of the blood and people that know nothing about the application of the blood it should not bring us joy Simply that we know who he is. But it must be a longing in our hearts that reminds us that from the time of that exodus until now, it is our mighty obligation to let everyone know the blood worked then and the blood works now. The blood of that lamb worked then, but it was only for one night. But we know that all things were leading forward. They were leading forward. They were leading forward to the Lamb, the Lamb of God. We know according to the very lips of Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew and recorded again in the book of Luke in talking about John, it says, Jesus said, there's none greater than John the Baptist. He's the greatest among men that's ever lived. And it was John himself who gave recording of who Christ was. You know it very well. Well, behold the Lamb of God. And when the greatest man that had ever been in human flesh next to Christ declared it, he declared that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And what that Lamb of the Old Testament had been as a substitute, the upgrade of the New Testament. That's why we've got to hear more than stories about him. We've got to feel him. We've got to apply him. We've got to experience. Let us be very clear one week following resurrection that the cross was his idea. The cross was not the soldier's idea. The cross was not the Roman government's idea. You've got to remember that the same God that formed the earth back in Genesis when there was darkness and it was without form and it was void, you've got to understand he was the same God, infinite in his wisdom, that would allow it to be played out in time. That the, there would be a punishment plan that would be so ordained 
that there would be crosses that would be hung. It was not, it was not. Listen, we miss this if we think that the crucifixion was primary or solitary for Christ or for the thieves that day. It had become the most degrading form of death and it was normalized and it was, it was normative for them to watch and to look at and to experience. And Christ had looked, the Bible says, he knew How do you walk into the garden and pray like that? When you know. You know the flogging that's coming. You know the beating that's coming. You know. He doesn't know what it's going to feel like. He created the skin that's about to rip. He created the bones that would show and the sinew that would be exposed and the blood that would. It was the blood. It was the blood. It was the blood. It was the blood. Because he knew if they let the blood, if they let the blood flow. Remember following Adam and Eve, that first set of brothers, when the Lord comes? Remember that what are the two brothers' names? Cain and, and when the Lord comes and walks to him, what does he say? It's your brother's blood that's crying to me. The Lord knew that in the, in the design of mankind, he had put life in the blood. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how special you are. You minus blood equals not you. All that blood that's pumping through your body, that heart, that blood that, that is moving through your veins, you know those blood cells can touch your heart, move throughout your entire body, and get back into your heart within 25 seconds. All your veins, all your body, all your move because God keeps putting that blood back through that heart and that heart moving and that heart beating and pushing that blood out. And he had designed in the development of man even when he blew breath into his nostrils and put that reproductive system into the male and the female and put a womb in her. He took her out of him, pulled that rib and created her. There she is, the original upgrade. But part of that combination was the ability, ability to now procreate. That's why it takes a male and a female. And the procreation and the continuing on of human existence but pumping through every artery of every individual is that blood. You won't find a person alive that cannot have the blood. That's, that's another part of all this AI stuff that's going on right now. You don't get people minus the blood. And so he knew as the Lamb of God, in order for him to come, there had to be a blood sacrifice. It's the reason that he started with Adam and Eve in Genesis. When they sinned, there were animals killed. Blood was shed, right? Cain kills, and then he says, your brother's blood, and you travel it through that lamb. You walk it forward through the prophets and the kings. You get it all the way into the New Testament. And John said, I see the lamb. And coursing through those Jewish veins that was the mixture of humanity and deity. When he walked onto the scene, he was more than the carpenter's son. He was God manifested in the flesh and he was fully God, but he was fully man. And I needed to be understood by everybody in the building. He chose the cross because he chose you. Yes, he did. He chose that he chose that scourging. He chose those stripes. He chose that beating because he chose you. And he walks to Calvary. And his body is broken. His body is beaten down, but his bones are not broken. 
It's tied to the scripture. They're not broken. He gets on that cross and there is conversations. I will tell you, you notice there's a lot less foot traffic when he's hanging on the cross than there was when he was doing miracles. We've got to decide if we love him when it's convenient. I'm telling you, while it's a gruesome thing, I thank God for the blood. I thank God for the blood. I grew up in a little old country church where they'd get up, sister so-and-so singing about the blood. And it wasn't great. It wasn't even always on key. But when they'd start singing about the blood, something would switch in the atmosphere of that. And we might change the tempo and we might make it more upbeat and we might try to put some new lyrics or new melody or whatever we do. But I'm telling you, there is no upgrade to the blood of Jesus Christ. And the fact that we celebrate his resurrection last week gives me the ability to walk in here the very next weekend and tell you if you've got sin, his blood still works. If you've been overwhelmed, his blood still works. You say we've been in the middle of an oppressing season. Good news, the blood. Oh, I wish I had somebody that just really from the from the very depth of your soul, you found out the blood works. 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 It's the blood. Let's, let's do this. Let's just thank God for the blood. Let's just thank him right now. Just thinking that he shed his blood for you. Woo! Man, I feel it moving in this room right now. This may be your first time at Calvary. You've been struggling with an addiction you can't break. I'm here to tell you on this Sunday morning, I've watched him take the addiction for cigarettes. I've watched him take the addiction for drugs. I've watched him take the addiction for alcohol. What does it? The blood. The blood. It's the blood of the spotless lamb. You can't do it on your own. But he went. He suffered. He bled. He died. He resurrected that you might have life and life more abundantly. That's why they're pulling blood banks up into parking lots all over the city. One in seven people that walk into a hospital in our city, one in seven people have to have blood, new blood to live. Guess what? 100% of the people that walked in here, you got to have his blood to live. Man, we don't preach about the blood much anymore. I'm going to preach it today. I'm going to talk about the blood of Jesus. Our video games are more graphic than they've ever been. Our videos are more vile than they've ever been. Our radio stations and songs, the lyrics are more vile than they've ever been. 
And the only place people want to get offended is when there are sensitive topics discussed from our pulpits. I plead, I plead the blood. I plead the blood over our mayor. I plead the blood over our governor. I plead the blood over our city hall. I plead the blood over our police department. I plead the blood over every crack house. I plead the blood over every prodigal. I plead the blood over every... I plead the blood over every ethnicity. Brother House, every nationality, every ethnicity. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I wish you'd lift your hands and plead the blood of Jesus. Pastor Carson, we need a new gimmick. No, we don't. We need a new tactic. No, we don't. We need a new secret way. No, we don't. There's no upgrade to this. We need the blood of Jesus to cover this city, to get in every neighborhood. We need it in our college, but we also need it in IUPUI. We need it in Purdue. Is Caleb here? Caleb Gibbs, are you here? Yell. Come here. Run down front right here. Any other, any other students here that were a part of doing church at IUPUI with you the other night? Come here if you were part of that IUPUI service. UND, I'm sorry, UND. Run down here. Come here, Jacob. Come here, Destiny, come here. What are we gonna do on our secularized campuses? I tell you what we're gonna do, we're gonna get there and we're gonna sing about the blood of Jesus and we're gonna preach about the blood. I wish I had that picture, I'm sorry, but heaven took a snapshot of Brother Gallion, what can a few students do? 12 disciples turn the world. What can a handful of young adults that are not ashamed to walk onto a campus? Bible college students, you, can, you hear me right now. We better not be preaching Jesus and not preaching the blood. But as much as we need him at our Bible college. I'm gonna ask a genuine question and it's gonna stretch some of your faith and I know it. How many believes we could have a breakout in some of our college campuses around this? <laughs> Brother Ranking, I was looking at those pictures. I was looking at those pictures and I saw, I saw Riley Martin had his hands on some... <laughs> how oh God had his hand on some kid's head and that kid's just crying in the middle of that courtyard at that... It instinctively comes out of my mouth. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. 
If you're here, I'm done. If you're here and you want to plead the blood over your family, I want you to come down here. If you know you need the blood in your workplace, I'm asking you to just get out of your pew. Say, excuse me, come down to this front. We're about to plead the blood. When you come, come pleading the blood. Elders, I need you to help us right now. I need some of you elders that have been raised up pleading the blood. I need you. Everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. If you can't come down here or you don't want to, make, a, make a, a, an altar right at your pew and just say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my family. so thankful for the blood of Jesus it'll wash your sins away cover you and keep you and protect you the resurrection happened and the blood still works the blood still works it'll work for your lost family it'll lost those lost children, those unsaved loved ones, it'll work, it'll work. Ooh. I plead the blood over our minds, the blood still works. Over our bodies, the blood of Jesus still works. Over our marriages, the blood still works. Plead the blood over our workplaces. Plead the blood of Jesus over our neighborhoods. We thank you for your presence, oh God. We thank you for your presence, oh God. If you're here today, you've heard anything sung or preached or You've witnessed something that you say, I don't understand everything, but I feel, I feel something. I feel the presence of God here. You've maybe already heard it. There's people around this house. They're pretty visible with blue lanyards on. And we have welcome areas at both places near the maiden exits in our foyer. If you have any questions, we have people that would love to sit down and just talk to you about the Bible and what you're experiencing and what you're feeling because he is alive and he's well and as intentional as his plan was to save mankind he's that intentional about wanting you to have life more abundantly that's every one of us amen if you've walked in here today with heaviness I pray that you're able to walk out of this house reminded his blood. His blood works. The enemy might be working, but his blood covers me. And his blood still works. Lord, we thank you for what we felt in this house. We praise your mighty name, your matchless name. I pray that you would keep each one of us as we go our individual ways this afternoon, that you would bless and protect, that you would strengthen that you would use us for your kingdom's sake. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.